Um, really, to start off things, um, I'd been wanting a um, couple to come and share a testimony just of some things that God's been doing in their lives and their hearts. Okie, so y'all come on up. Um, Ned and Sharon, um, I want to highlight them as uh, life group leaders since I'm kind of over life groups. I want to encourage you. just want to keep highlighting life groups that we do have um, about 10 of those now, and, and we would uh, continue to encourage you guys to participate in those if uh, that's something that your heart is uh, wanting, is a small group, and um, and these, these guys lead that. But I wanted them to come share kind of a testimony of what God has been doing in their lives recently. Thanks, Mitch. Um, I'm going to get things started here. We want to talk about what God has, has done in our lives in the last, particularly in the last year, how God has healed, how God, God has brought life, transformation. And um, in order to... This really revolves around Sharon being in the hospital about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago now. So, but I want to give the, the background of that so that this story makes more sense, so that you can really see the hope of God, the hope that we can have in God. When, when Sharon was very little, she was sick a, a lot, just sick all the time. And what they finally discovered is that she was low in immunoglobulins, which are basically antibodies. Her body didn't produce antibodies that it needed to fight off diseases and so when she was about 10 years old they they had a new treatment which was basically injecting you with with antibodies that they had collected from people and so every month she would get an injection well four injections of what they call gamma globulin some of you may have had gamma globulin shots before um and so every month she'd get those shots and it would bring up the gamma globulin levels, but it wouldn't bring up all the levels. And it wouldn't bring them all the way up, but it would bring them part way up to even the low range of normal. Um, and that helped some. She was better. It, it, you know, she didn't have as many problems with being sick. And so she got those, those uh, injections and later IV treatments throughout pretty much her entire life. But then about uh, three or four years ago, she began to have reactions to these injections. And they were, they were serious reactions in, in consultation with the doctors. We decided to, to not take the injections anymore or the IV treatment. And things went okay for a while, but essentially her health was, was declining. And, um, and then about Four years ago, three years ago, she began to, maybe three years ago, she began to get sick regularly. She, about every month she'd get flu-like symptoms and, you know, be sick with, with that. And then in about January 2010, about a year and a half ago, she things got worse and she was sick almost all the time. She'd have, few, she'd have good days, but basically a lot of bad days. And then, And so that progressively got worse and then... If we go back to almost exactly a year ago, she came down with double pneumonia, and by the time we figured out what was going on, she was she was very sick, and I took her to the emergency room, and she was barely conscious. Um, and now my mind's going blank. Um, and... Um, Anyway, when we, the, the emergency room doctors were, were, were very concerned, um, you know, they were talking to me about, 
You know, sometimes people don't make it when they come in the emergency room. And, you know, very concerned was, was his words. And, and um, but anyway, that's, that's the hard part of the story. The, the good part of the story is no matter how bad she was, I mean, when we came home from the hospital, Sharon couldn't stand up. I mean, if you let her go, her legs would buckle underneath her. And uh, she lost 20 pounds. She, three quarters of her hair fell out. I mean, she was really, really sick. Um, part of the reason we found out that she was so sick is she not only had double pneumonia, she had the infection that entered her bloodstream. And when you get an infection in your bloodstream, it's really serious, particularly if you're immune deficient. In fact, you know, most people who are immune deficient who get bloodstream infections don't survive. Um, the doctors didn't tell us that at the time, but I mean, we could think that was that was uh, underlying the whole thing. So I think I've covered the background. But obviously, I mean, you can see Sharon's here, and she's, she's looking good. And, you know, this is a testimony to God's power and God's working in our lives and the hope that we can have, the hope that we do have. So now I want her, she's going to, we're going to let her talk about, about that part of the whole story. One of the things I want to say first is, is just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who prayed, has prayed for me over the years. And I mean, I look out and I see faces of people who have prayed for me for 20, 30 years. And um, you know, people who have stood with us. And last year, when I was so sick, I mean, people were bringing meals over and you know, that's not the first time that's happened. So thank you so much. And I want to say thank you to Ned, who last year I was thinking several times when I was so sick, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. And Ned was just a blessing um, to me. And Catherine was a blessing. She has a real compassionate heart. And she was, anything she could do to help me, she was right there, just ready to help. And so I just want to say thank you to you. <laughs> um, so I'm going to get to share. Ned, Ned was offered to share the hard part, and I could share the good part. So um, I became a Christian when I was seven, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I got that when I was um, in college. And I always knew God could heal me. Um, and in 2003... I heard someone speak, and they were sharing with confidence about God's goodness and the hope that we have in Christ, and, and it really impacted me, and I went up to him afterwards. I didn't, I'd never heard of him. Um, I was at a conference, and um, I went up to him afterwards, and I said, I want what you're talking about. I want that kind of hope because I needed that in the midst of struggle. And I had it to a degree. I mean, I really tried to focus on the Lord and um, and not focus on the disease because I needed to function. And if you focus on the disease, it just, you know, plummets you. So, um, But I wanted that hope that he was talking about because, I mean, he just was so confident. And so he prayed for me, and I was slain in the spirit. And when I, you know, when I, I just felt really peaceful. And um, 
over time after that, I realized that God had just infused me with hope, and it did not leave. I mean, it was there, and and people who know me, I mean, over the years, I mean, I, it's just been such a strong um, stronghold. I mean, a good stronghold in my life because um, I just have had such a, a confidence that God was with me, that he's taking care of me, and so that was um, kind of the beginning, um, and I knew in the word it says that, you know, if we ask, we receive, and I still wanted healing, <laughs> and I had asked many times, and lots of other people had asked for me, and it just seemed like something was missing, you know, I, I, knew, I knew God could heal me um, at the point that I was infused with hope, not only did I know God could heal me, but I knew he wanted to heal me. And that changed, you know, my thinking changed. And then um, January last year, 2010, um, I began to realize I, I had heard some neat teachings and just some things had happened. And I began to realize that not only could God heal me, and not only did he want to heal me, but he already had. And if you read 1 Peter 2.24, it says, By his stripes we were healed. That's past tense. And it's like God just opened my eyes. You know, the eyes of my heart were enlightened in that area. And I just realized God has already done the work through Jesus on the cross. It's done. It's finished. And it includes healing. And, I mean, that's just my thinking started to transform at that point. I mean, it really, it really changed me. I was still very, very weak physically. And so I decided if Satan's going to try to kill me, I'm going to make him regret it. <laughs> so I just, I just started spending hours and hours and hours on the Word. And I would... Um, I would just saturate myself with the truth, focus on what God's word said about healing, about me, about my place in Christ, about what Jesus had already accomplished, just all those things. I had a, a CD that I had gotten that had a hundred scriptures on healing. And I just, I just put it on at night before I go to sleep and I'd listen. And I'd put it on in the morning when I'd get up and I'd listen. I mean, I was so weak, I was basically in bed a lot and or on the couch. And, um, and so I would listen and listen hours and hours and hours. And, you know, we talk about cults brainwashing people. Well, really, they brain dirty people. <laughs> they don't brainwash. But Jesus washes our brains. And he cleanses our minds and he renews our minds and that's what started happening in this particular area my mind started being renewed and and I mean it was really transforming and so I read and I reread the truth and I just meditated on the truth and I mean I'm not, I'm not kidding I was spending hours a day I couldn't do a lot else you know so I just spent time reading the word and um, as my mind became renewed or started becoming renewed, my body started being healed. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a progressive thing, but 
we have seen um, just really, really neat things happen. There's a scripture in Psalm 5 that says, In the morning I will order my prayer to thee and eagerly watch. Eagerly watch. And, you know, that's what's happened to me over the last year, especially. It's just I'm eagerly watching to see what God's going to do next because there's just, he has done so much and there's, you know, I just believe that it's going to continue. One of the things the Lord led me to do um, last year was because this disease or the antibiotic, I mean, I had taken in my lifetime gallons and gallons of antibiotics. I mean, I was weaned on antibiotics. I mean, it was just a lot. And, um, and uh, the effect of all that, the effect of all the, um, the diseases that I'd had, as well as the immune deficiency, um, had caused pretty much every system in my body to be affected in some way and so I just decided I got my daughter's biology book and I wrote down all the systems in the body because I'd forgotten some of them (laughs) and I wrote them all down and then I just over the last year I've just been finding scriptures to speak over to speak the truth over my body you know every every system Um, some of the I mean it's been really fun because the Lord has shown me some neat scriptures that really go with um, you know it's just what he's doing um for example um my immune system i've been speaking colossians 2 9 and 10 which says in him you have been made complete so i just speak that over my immune system in in jesus my immune system has been made complete and i believe that and you know i may not see it yet completely in the physical but it's happening, and I just keep speaking the truth, speaking the truth. <laughs> and if something happens, you know, that, that looks like, oh, no, you know, there's a sickness coming on or whatever, um, I try not to look at that. I try to just speak at the, the truth. And I have had to go to the doctor one time since last year. That is incredible for me. I mean, that is just one time, and I was on antibiotics one time, and what happened was I only was on them for one round of a low-dose antibiotic, and I got over it. And that, I mean, before it would have been several rounds of high, 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 high-dose antibiotics. I mean, really hard, heavy-duty ones. Another scripture is um, that God calls into being that which does not exist. So there are parts of my immune system that have not existed, so I just speak that over myself. And um, my skeletal system, there have been some issues there, and I've been <clears throat> speaking that in him all things hold together. <laughs> and that, I mean, it's really neat. And so I'm just speaking the truth over, over myself, every system. And I have this sheet that I go through <laughs> at least once a day, and I, I just speak, you know, what God's, I believe God is doing and what he wants to do and what his word says. And um, some scriptures that that I have really just been blessed by over the, I mean, a lot of neat scriptures, but that would take forever. So if I picked a few. Um, Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and healed me. I changed it in parentheses, me, and delivered me from all my destructions. Because Satan has come to try to destroy 
and and a lot of things that have happened in my body have been destructive and so he sent his word and healed me and delivered me from all my destructions and I'm just hanging on to that <laughs> and then Romans 12:2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and I believe that that not only means our minds are transformed but I think that means everything just be transformed by the renewing of your mind Third uh, John 1, 2, beloved, I pray that, you're, that you may prosper and be in health. And we usually stop there. But the rest of that is just as your soul prospers. And I think that that's what's been happening over the last year is my soul is starting to prosper in this area. And I'm starting to have, I, I just have so much confidence in what God has already accomplished and what he's doing in me. And that's really, really neat. Second um, Peter 1.3, God has provided everything that we need for life and godliness. I mean, that is all through the scriptures. If you start reading the scriptures, it's everywhere. And I tell you, healing is like politics. <laughs> you just don't get into a discussion with just everybody about healing because everybody has such strong opinions about it and I have heard them all and some of them are very condemning and others are um, sad <laughs> um, but I just you know I know that what the word says is true and I'm just hanging on to it and speaking life and watching God work um, they say God has provided everything we need for life and godliness. God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And one of the neat scriptures I found just recently um, is a, another thing that I've really tr been trying to do, and I thought I knew this, but it's um, watching my words. And in this area, just being careful what I speak to speak life and not speak death. And um, we sang this morning, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And I know that scripture. I thought I knew it. And I started looking at it and meditating on it. And the rest of that scripture says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you shall condemn. So when Satan tries to tell me that God is not doing this work and that he has not provided for me in this area or any other area, I should condemn that voice. I mean, I should. And when I looked up condemn in the dictionary, it says to pronounce to be wrong. And I should just speak. I don't receive that. Even when I went in Kroger a while back, I was walking along getting my groceries. And on the intercom or the loudspeaker, this voice comes on and says, when you get past 50, you will probably have, I mean, this huge percentage of chance of getting shingles. And I just said, I don't receive that out loud <laughs> right in the middle of Kroger. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't want to, to go there with my thoughts because the enemy tries to put fear on you. And, and I tell you, if you guys, if any of you watch television, you have a lot of opportunities to do that <laughs> because all the commercials I've heard are just a lot of that kind of thing. You know, lots, you're going to get cancer by this time. You're going to do this, you know. So lots of opportunities out in the world to, to speak, you know, the truth. 
Um, so this says, No weapon is formed against you shall prosper. Every time that accuses you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's all of us. You know, God's no respecter of persons. That's everybody. And their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. So, And I looked at vindication to defend or secure against encroachment. So when Satan tries to encroach upon what God has given us, we're supposed to condemn it. <laughs> and, and we're supposed to realize that our heritage is, is better than that. You know, we have a heritage in the Lord that we haven't even tapped. I mean, I just, I just have had glimpses this year of, of what God wants for his children. And it's incredible. <laughs> but there's so much more than we can imagine. So far, I have seen several things healed. Um, I was, um, before, I, if I would get a virus, um, it would usually turn into a bacterial infection, which could be very serious and, you know, just this downward spiral. And um, I have since last year, when I got out of the hospital, three times I think I've had a virus start. And I just started speaking the truth over myself, and I would go downstairs into our family room and put worship music on and just worship and pray and just focus on the truth, on the Lord. And as I would do that, within an hour or so it would be gone. I mean, this is like fever, chills, congestion, sore throat, whatever, and, and it would be gone three times. <laughs> and um, when I was really sick, I fell. I, didn't, I don't even remember doing it, but I fell, and I sprained my wrist really badly. And then, I mean, it was really bad, and, I, and it took a long time for it to heal. And then later, I actually fell again as I was healing. And, and when I was laying there on the floor, I sprained the same wrist again. And I just was laying on the floor thinking, okay. <laughs> and I just started speaking truth over my wrist. And it was, it was already swollen, and it was hurting. And, and so I just started speaking the truth over it. And I said, Lord, I just know that you desire to heal my wrist. And so I just, I just started speaking the truth. And within about 20 minutes, it was, the swelling had gone down, and it was normal. And I could, you know, I could do whatever I wanted to with it. It was just really neat. Um, I had, um, just in the last couple months, because all of my the systems had gotten so weak, body, my muscles, everything, I had started having some sort of reflux-type symptoms, which I had never had before. And um, it took me a couple days to kind of suddenly go, oh, wait a minute, I'm not going <laughs> to receive this. And so I just finally um, said, okay, Lord, I'm having these symptoms, and I just start speaking the truth over what God has told me to do over these symptoms and just over my body and, and I, I did actually curse the symptoms I said you know in the name of Jesus I just curse this reflux symptom and I don't receive it and um, within about I don't know an hour or so it was gone and it has never come back and it was it was happening pretty frequently um, my weight Believe it or not, even though I'm still very small, I weigh much more than I've ever weighed in my life. Um, I have gained back 25 pounds, or about, and um, 
and the doctors at UVA told me that I would never be able to get past a certain weight because um, low antibody level means low weight level. It just that's the way it is. And so they just pronounced this <laughs> over me. But the Lord is bigger than that, and um, no pun intended. But I, um, <laughs> I, I have been gaining weight, and I. Um, I just feel so much stronger than I have felt in I don't know when. I mean, it's just really been a blessing. And, um, you know, I'm just so thankful. And I feel like this is just the beginning of what God is doing. And I'm just, I'm just confident that, you know, that he's going to continue that good work that he has begun and bring it to completion, which is where it says. So um, thank you again, and just thank you for letting me share. Let's just continue to agree. God, thank you just for this incredible couple, God, that has stood the test of time, Lord God, that has stood on your word, God, just as as we're even talking about today, has expected, God, you to walk and work and move in their lives, God. And, and Lord, even when they haven't been able to see it, they've just continued to believe, continue to hope, continue to expect, God, you to just work miracles, God. And we just continue to believe with them. God, for supernatural and complete healing, God, over her body. And God, just, uh, that this family is just going to live and, and in you. They have their life and their, their being, Lord God. And that is a declaration, God, that they continue to hold. So, Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that testimony. Powerful. Um. Yeah, that's the uh, testimony of not growing weary and doing well in the, in the midst of having to struggle. You know, like I said, some of you from Dayspring have been with them for 20, 30 years and walking with them, with her. And um, I just want to kind of go back go into just the teaching. Um, <laughs> as I was going back and forth to the wedding yesterday, um, you know, I had about four four or five points going, and then all of a sudden you, have, you always feel like the Lord continues to add to it. So um, talk about going through the stories and parables of Jesus and some of the book of Acts. We're going to hit some stories today. Um, but really, just uh, the Lord had been putting on my heart this area of expectation and, and the power that it can hold. Um, just even, a, you know, it's funny, I was preparing for it, and just a silly little thing, you know. How many... Um, you know, that the Lord always shows you right before you get up to speak. How many of you guys feel like you should be pampered on your birthday? Come on, be honest. Oh, come on. You don't feel like you should be? <laughs> that you should... All right, maybe for the guys I shouldn't use the word pamper. Uh, you know, taken care of, you know, encouraged, uh, right? So, of course, uh, thanks, Chad. I appreciate that. Don't leave me hanging up here. But, you know, my birthday was Cinco de Maya. They, it's good that the Mexicans, you know, celebrate my birthday. Um, that's great. Appreciate that. Um, but, um, you know, on, on my birthday, you know, I, I did some things out and about. And, but, you know, you get that expectation that you're going to come home and, you know, the, you know, the, whatever is going to be done or made, the cake's going to be made or, you know, something special is going to happen. And, and, you know, my, and my wife hopefully won't mind me sharing this, but she was just having a crappy day, awful day. And she's just been having an awful week. And it was just a lot of, heaviness and just a lot she was just having a hard time overcoming so of course what does that do 
You know, here I'm expecting some things going on, and I get what? Well, the secures are disappointed. And, and you know what? And it, and it got me to that place where I couldn't even minister to her. I mean, that was kind of sad, but it did. It was just a place of, gosh, I, you know, I really should just stop and minister. Probably if I'd have ministered to her, then everything would have broken and we'd have been fine. But, you know, I just got in that mindset of this expectation that these things were going to happen, and they didn't. And all of a sudden, I got discouraged this morning. But and that's just a small little testimony about what God started to show me about the power of expectation. And just these three categories of how we can uh, misplace expectations, that we can limit our expectations, or we can just have bad expectations, and they can really affect us. And so we're just going to go through uh, some of these stories uh, of, of the Lord. And the first one is the um, John the Baptist. If y'all remember John the Baptist, of course, you know, uh, after he baptized John, or John, after he baptized Jesus, all of a sudden he got thrown where? In prison. Alright, so he basically, you know, the next thing you know after he baptized Jesus is that now the guy's in prison. Okay, and so go on and flip to those scriptures. We're gonna, I got all the scriptures but up here, but, uh, we're gonna find out that misplaced expectations can cause us to question the truth. And, and look at, look at this um, passage of John. When Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he departed there to teach and preach in the cities. Now when John, while in prison, heard of the works of Christ, so he's hearing all the good things that God's doing, all right? Uh, all the miracles, all the incredible things. Um, now when he heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, kind of a weird statement, are you the expected one or should we look for someone else? Isn't that kind of odd? Isn't this the same guy that, you know, when Jesus came up, started coming up and getting ready to be baptized, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Isn't that the same guy? I mean, am I mistaken? Did I read that wrong? Um, isn't this the, the same guy that um, got to baptize Jesus and then all of a sudden saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove on, on him? Isn't that the same guy? I mean, isn't this the same guy that heard out of the, the out of the voice of God, this is my beloved son in whom I'm what? Well, please. He did. He heard all that. But all of a sudden, somehow, when all of a sudden now he's in prison and he's going, Lord, are you, the, are you really the expected one or should we begin to look for another? And, and you got to wonder, why, how in the world does this guy go from, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, to, um, are you sure about that, Lord? Maybe I was mistaken. Maybe I was wrong. But, you know, a lot of that I started thinking about. What was he thinking? Was a lot of this was misplaced expectations. All of a sudden, you know, I think a lot of the disciples in that time and, and, and the apostles started thinking that, what? You know, Jesus is going to um, come and he's just going to clear house, right? He's going to take over the Roman Empire. He's going to be raised up as king. They're going to, they're just going to take out, right? But all of a sudden, John here, he's in prison. Now, couldn't Jesus kind of like just come in and save him? I mean, wasn't Jesus the dude? He could come in and do whatever you want, right? But he didn't. All of a sudden, you know, probably the longer he stayed in jail, and uh, he started thinking, you know, all these expectations. Well, you know, aren't I like the Jesus, the second-hand man? I was the one that said, you know, prepare the way, prepare the way. You know, this I, I did all that. All of a sudden, now I'm I'm getting ready to be beheaded. You know, he, I don't think he knew that, but he, there was an opportunity. To, I'm sure if you're in prison, you're not. Um, but there, all of a sudden, he started to question the truth and, and go on, are you the expected one? And, and I love Jesus' response. Jesus answered and said to them, go and report to John. 
He's just going to go report to him the same thing, the truth. That the, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached, and blessed is he who does not. And so he just, once again, he just came and spoke to John the truth. You know, I am who I said I, that you thought I was. Don't let go of the truth in the middle of that. All right? And I, I wanted to take a second. We also forgot to uh, announce that we have a new little baby in our midst. Well, uh, Liam Wesley, right? Liam Wesley Johnson. So I just wanted to say that when I I didn't I didn't see her come back out until just now. But awesome, congratulations! But um, it can cause us to question truth. All right, and this is John the Baptist. This is not. This is not you know. This is the, one of the, the dudes, the, the high uppers, the prophet. The, you know, he's. You know, we all go through that. We all go through that. Mis, misled, placed expectations. Look at the next one. He calls us to operate outside of God's timing. I remember Moses, um, and uh, there's an Old Testament passage, but he, um, the in Acts, uh, when Stephen's getting ready to be put to death. He starts on this nice little spiel, and he he gives us a little insight into Moses, and uh, I just wanted to bring it out. And, and and Stephen recalls this: it says it was at this time that Moses was born, and he was lovely in the sight of God. He was nurtured three months in his father's home, and he, after he had been set outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him as his own son. Moses was educated in all the learning; he was a man of power in words and in deed. And look at this next statement, but. When he was approaching the age of 40, it entered into his mind, that really that word is heart, it entered into his heart to do what? To visit his brethren, the sons of Israel, okay? Now, the reality is, is what, what was really put in his heart, we'll find out here in just a second, was that he was going to be the what? Deliverer of Israel, of, of Israel from Egypt. I mean, that's what was put in his heart, all right? So what do you do with that? All of a sudden, what do we do with things when all of a sudden the Lord... Uh, put stuff in us like you know go preach the gospel go go do this or or, or walk in this you know what do we do with that because um because moses heard the word and, and god received this but all of a sudden it says you know when he saw this is the next day when he saw one of uh the israel his own people being tra- treated unjustly he defended him and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the egyptian and look at this next word he supposed he expected another word for that he thought he expected that what his brethren understood that god have you ever been in that place where you you expected that somebody understood i do that with my wife all the time right (laughs) i expected that she understood what i was talking about but evidently that wasn't the case he said uh he's he's go back to that last he supposed that his brethren understood that god was granting them deliverance through him but they didn't understand misplaced expectation all of a sudden he was expecting them to 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 know to to believe and and walk with him but he he didn't do it and of course what happened on the following day he appeared to them as they were fighting together he didn't really still have a clue what was that what what really happened he tried to reconcile them in peace men you're brethren why do you injure one another but the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away say who made you ruler or judge over us who, who, what do you do not mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday, do you? And at this remark, he did what? Fled, you know, f- you know, into the wilderness. You know, the cool thing about God is, God is a God of what? What, what has Ron been speaking like the last six, seven weeks? God of redemption, right? 
you know, God brought him back. He delivered Egypt or Israel out of Egypt, right? Um, but I, I, I want us to get to the place where we don't have to we don't have to have that wilderness experience. That when all of a sudden when we receive something from God, we start seeking Him about it. Um, you know that it might not be the season and time that you know, that, or we might not need to take it in our own hands and make it happen just like Moses did. I think we get that sometimes because we receive the Word of God and we think, man, we got to go try to do that right now. Or we got to operate out of that right now. But all of a sudden, God's saying, no, just rest in me, trust in me, walk with me, seek me about this situation, and I'll bring it to pass. And so I think that's what the Lord. And so, and like I said, I, I really believe that each one of these, some, each of us are going to, different facets of expectation. I think the Lord is going to speak to you on one of them. But this, this is at a, at a place where God wants to, to walk with us at, not, not just thrust us into something that we're not ready for. I think God had was getting Moses prepared for something, and all of a sudden, he started operating uh, as he was already that. When it, he was called to it, he wasn't already it, um, but he went ahead and did that. All right. So misled expectation can cause us to operate outside of God's timing. Not he was operating in the call. He was just operate, operating in the outside of this timing. All right. Missed expectations can cause us to miss what is right in front of us. This is awesome. That this is the one the the road to Emmaus. Remember the two guys that are walking on the road to Emmaus, and they're um, going to that next to the scripture there. Chad. Behold, two of them were walking on the, uh, to a village named Emmaus, which is about seven miles. These are disciples. These are Jesus' disciples. All right. So he's walking there, and they're talking with each other about these things which had taken place while they were talking, discussing. Jesus himself walked up on the scene, right? So Jesus himself is walking with these two guys, all right? Going to, but their eyes were what? Prevented from recognizing him, all right? And, and I guess there's speculations of why that. Maybe Jesus did that, but I have a, I have a kind of a speculation because um, there's going to be some scripture down at the bottom that start here in a few minutes that talk about um, why this was so, all right? But their eyes were prevented from recognizing. So they were missing the very person that they had just walked with. They're missing out on who he was and all that he, all that he was. And it's kind of funny. These, these are just comedy moments. And he said to them, what are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? You know, so he's just kind of saying, well, what are you guys talking about? All right. And, uh, and they stood. And one of them named Cleopas. Um, <laughs> so funny. Are, he's talking to Jesus. Are, are you the only one that... Doesn't know what's going on, dude. Duh. I mean, he's almost calling the guy, Jesus, like, come on, dude, really? You're the only one that doesn't know all this stuff? And uh, uh, are you the only one visiting that doesn't know about this stuff? Of course, you know, it's funny when they get the revelation, you're probably, they're probably going, gosh, what was I saying to the Lord? Um, of course, I think that Jesus is where he starts playing with the disciples sometimes. And he said to them, well, yeah, what things? What things? Let me get y'all's perspective on this. Let me see what y'all are thinking about it. And he said to them, These, the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed. Oh, wait a second. Are these the disciples that just walked with him and called him the Son of God, believed he was the Son of God, knew he was Lord, knew he was the Messiah, knew he was everything else? And all of a sudden, this guy's just calling him a what? Prophet. Just putting them in the same league as all the other prophets, right? So, 
And all of a sudden, he started forgetting. You can kind of put this in the saving category. He started forgetting who Jesus was. You know, maybe he wasn't what he said he was. He didn't really do things like we thought he was going to do. And all of a sudden, our perspective starts changing at that point. And you talk about, you know, what um, Ned and Sharon have had to go through. I mean, when you don't get healed, you believe for healing year after year after year, and, and you don't see the fullness of that happen. It's easy to start losing hope, losing. You start, you know, the enemy tries to question, is he really a healer? You know, does he really do those things? And that's where you got to keep standing, as she was saying on the word. Um, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But, but look at this next statement. This was the this is the biggest one. Y'all may have, y'all probably heard this one before, but just in this area of expectation. But we were what hoping, we were expecting that what that he was going to redeem Israel. Did he redeem Israel? We know the rest of the story. Did he redeem Israel? He sure did. He redeemed us. And he did it by the very act that he went to the cross to do. But all of a sudden, he, they, didn't, they missed it. They totally missed it. They missed what was right in front of them because they were expecting something else. They were expecting God to be something else. They were expecting Jesus to do something else than what he really was called to do, and that was to give his life for us. So that's the reality. And indeed, besides all these things, it's the third day since these things happened. And the girls had, the, the ladies had already visited him and said, the guy rose from the, I mean, he's not there. Of course, they weren't, they just thought his body was taken, right? They didn't, they weren't catching the clue that really what he said he's, he, he was going to do, he did. And he was raised. But they were like, well, it's three days and we're still here. What are we doing here? You know? And so they, it was this misplaced expectation that, you know, God was supposed to do something else other than this. Or, you know, this was, it was supposed to be a different way. And, and see how all of a sudden it can start stealing our hope. It can start uh, changing our perspective, even on truth. It can change our perspective on who we even believe Jesus is, just like these guys. Well, he was, he was, a, good, he was a prophet, mighty indeed. I mean, he was a prophet, mighty indeed. But that's not the one that I would have hoped that they would have chosen. I would have hoped that, yeah, he was the Son of God. And, but... The, the hope that got stolen, I think, started changing their perspective. So that's misplaced expectations. Let's look at the second one, limited expectation, and cause us to miss what God is wanting to do. This is a story about Mary and Martha. You remember Mary and Martha? All of a sudden, Lazarus uh, is getting very sick, and we pick it up when uh, Jesus starts telling his disciples that they're going to see Lazarus. And he said, after this, after... Then he said, and after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may awaken him out of sleep. And, of course, there's another one of those comedy moments with the disciples. You know, you always, you always like those times because I think we do them all the time. And then his disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. Don't worry. And, of course, we're like, Wait, guys, he was, like, really, really sick. So we're, when we're talking about asleep, we're not talking about asleep. But Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he was speaking of literal sleep. So, of course, Jesus being Jesus. I love this next statement. Um, so Jesus then said to them plainly. <laughs> so he's like, all right, let me just give it to you as it is. <laughs> let, me, let me see if you guys can pick up on this. Lazarus is dead. 
Alright? And I'm glad for your sake that I was not there. So that, what? So that you may believe. But let us go to Him. And so, a couple scriptures later in verse 20, I picked up. Martha, therefore, she... When she heard that Jesus was coming, wanted to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you would have been here, what? Lazarus would, would not have died. Now, that's a great expectation. I, I applaud Martha because she came out and said, Jesus, if you were here, I would have expected you to do what? Heal him. And she had no, no question about that. Her expectation level, good. But the problem was is that she, the Lord wanted to take it a little bit higher. Um, and she, she probably didn't even... I think she had been around Jesus when He healed, so she was, she was confident that He could heal. I'm wondering if she was ever around when all of a sudden Jesus said, Arise, awaken, and then somebody was raised from the dead. Because all of a sudden the Lord wanted to start working on that expectation of, now, I, I can do more than that. Um, but and that's cool. Lord, if you'd have been there, my brother would not have died. And this is a cool statement. Even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. But I think that was a great statement. But she still didn't know the. She had limited expectation. She didn't even know what the next level could be. I wanted to take her to. Because look at this next statement. So Jesus said to her, "Your brother will rise again." He was, he was just saying, "I'm gonna raise her up from the dead." Of course, then she said this statement. Well, of course, I know Jesus. You know, you'll you'll raise her up in the last day. You're good. I know that you can do that. Um, but he's he's wanting to say, I am the resurrection and the life. I'll do it now. I'll walk in that place now. And of course, we all know this rest of the story. Jesus raises her from the dead. And it's cool. Mary came and said the same thing to him. I didn't put it in here, but if you read through that scripture, Mary said the same thing. Lord, if you'd have been here, what? My brother wouldn't have been dead. That's all. I, I really. I want to get my. I want to get my place to at least that up that level. That at least when Jesus, if you're here, you're gonna what? Heal. You're gonna restore. You're gonna redeem. And and I, I want my. I want my expectation. My my life. My believing. My trusting to be that. Irregardless of what I see. Irregardless of what I experience. Because that's not. That's not what dictates who God is. Um, so can cause us uh, to miss what God is wanting to do. God was wanting to resurrect uh, Lazarus, and 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 Martha was just Martha just had that that expectation level. He wanted to uh, knock up a notch. This is another cool one. And Acts um, can cause us to miss the answered prayer. Uh, this is this is a really kind of a funny one. Um, go on. Um, this is when Peter was in prison. And so all of a sudden the church, even verse 5, it says, So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made, what? Fervently. Okay, so these guys aren't just getting together and, Lord, bless, you know, so-and-so. Help Peter, um, you know, deal with being in prison. Thank you, Lord, we're going home. Oh, man, that fervent, that fervent means something different than that. They were on their face. They were believing that God was going to deliver him. God was going to protect him. God was going to walk with him. I don't know what those prayers were, but fervent prayer means fervent prayer to me. I mean, I'm believing. I'm walking in some stuff, right? And so on the very night that was made by the church of God, on the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. This is kind of the 
what happens, bound with two chains, guard in front of the door, watching over the prison. Behold, an angel of the Lord appears. He struck Peter's side. He woke him. Get up quickly. His chains fell off. Gird yourself. Come on, wrap your cloak. Follow me. Uh, went out, continued to follow. Didn't know where he was being done by the angel was real. He thought it was a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened by itself. He went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. Okay, so he's outside the city. Peter came to himself, and he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth this angel, rescued me from the hand of Herod, and now from all the Jewish people. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was called Mark, where many people were gathered doing what? The fervent praying, right? So we're still in the fervent praying people, right? We got those fervent prayers. When he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl came, uh, Rhoda came to answer. She recognized Peter's voice, but she got so excited she did what? Left him at the door and start, went back and said, Guys, Peter's at the door. Can you, Peter is at the door. Okay, so the fervent prayers should have been like, Let's go out and see him, right? I mean, they just prayed for that stuff. Didn't they just pray, probably? I mean, I'm, I know I'm hypothesizing a little bit there, but I'm believing that they were praying for his deliverance. So what happened? What did they tell the girl? <laughs> You're out of your mind. What? Wait a second. We were just praying for that. And now all of a sudden, the person that comes and says the prayer has been answered, we're like, You're out of your mind? Like, what happened there? Like... It makes sense. But they just said, well, it's just his angel. I mean, at least they believe something, I guess. But <laughs> I mean, better than nothing. But come on. Ah, it's just his angel. Quit bothering us. We're fervently praying for the thing that's just outside the door knocking. I mean, come on. So he's not, And, of course, the next one is kind of funny, too. They go on to the... Oh, wait a minute. Peter continued knocking, which is kind of funny. And they had finally opened the door. And I feel like that sometimes sometimes we fervently pray for things, but we don't expect the Peters to come knocking on the door. And I feel like the Lord wants us to start raising that expectation level. That the things that we're praying for, that we're going to start hearing the knocking. That we're going to start seeing that happen. And I think the Lord's just saying, believe. You know, just like we're, we're continuing to knock on that uh, door of healing for Sharon and for others in here. I mean, we've, you know, stood with you know, the Coopers. We've stood and continue to pray. You know, there's others that throughout this body that we continue to pray. God's going to bring some healing and restoration to them. And I don't want to keep going. But it can cause us to miss the answered prayer. All right, let me go on because we're running, running short. Um, bad expectations, these are interesting, can cause us to, the first one is can cause us to discern God's heart by our circumstances. This one just kind of came to me as I was reading the story of um, uh, when Paul got uh, shipwrecked. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden they had been they made it all to land. And when they had been brought safely through, we found out the island was called Malta. The natives showed us kindness because of the rain had set in. They kindled a fire and received us all. But when Paul had gathered a bunch of sticks, laid them in the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself on the hand. Notice what the, what the natives believe. All right, but I think we can kind of put ourselves in that same nature. When the natives saw the creature hanging from hand, they began to say to one another, Well, undoubtedly this man is what? A murderer. And though he was been saved from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. All right, keep going. However, he shook the creature off in the fire and suffered no harm. But they were what? 
They were expecting something else. They were expecting what? Him to f- swell up and fall down dead. But what happened? They waited a long time and they saw nothing unusual. So they changed their minds. Well, now you no, you're not. You're a god. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna flip it. But I think so many a lot of times in our lives we you know we can put that on ourselves. Well, if bad things happen, then God evidently is horrified with us. And I mean, the guy just got the guy just got rescued from, and then he gets bit by the snake. Oh man, that's terrible. You know, why why do we always I. I I think I do it a lot. Why is the first thing that when bad thing happens, well, God's just disappointed in me. Why can't things come along that I can overcome? Isn't, isn't that what the Lord says, to become, that we are called to be overcomers? So when bad things happen, should that be a, well, God's disappointed in me. Or, and bad, it's, it's just a bad expectation. You know, Sure, there's some things that I probably bring on myself. But there's things in life that I, God's just called me to overcome. And God's give, given us that call. So don't, I just want to encourage you. I, I, I had to put that in there because I think some of us do that. You know, we, we, that's a bad expectation. Second one is that we can cause us to give with strings attached. It's so Luke 6 passage. It says, um, if you lend to those whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in, in order to receive back. But love your enemies. Do good. Lend with what? expecting nothing in return I, I think i do that with especially like my wife all the time i you know, I, I i give and i lend and i love but i'm doing it why because i'm expecting something in return and i think the lord's saying the last part and your reward will be great if i can get that expectation out of my mind that well i, I want to i'm just going to do all these things because i i need something back I want to just get to the place where I expect nothing in return. That everything I do is just give. Give, give, and give. And, and God's going to, I'm going to receive because of what? God says my reward will be great. So I don't have to worry about that part. And the Lord's just speaking that this morning. To just be able to give without those strings attached. Some of, we, we struggle with that. The uh, second, the third one is, uh, can cause us to believe our past sin disqualifies us disqualifies us from present relationship this is one of those the lord added on me last night i was like i was just thinking about the prodigal son you remember him remember when he went out and um in 17 he came to his senses he squandered everything he came to his senses and he says how many of my father's men have more than enough bread i'm dying with hunger i will go up go to my father and i will say to him father i've sinned against heaven and of earth and 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 i am no what longer worthy Okay? Sometimes our expectations, when we sin, our expectation is that we're no longer worthy. And so we start acting like what? Slaves. That's what he did. I'm no longer worthy to be worthy. Call your son. Make me one of your hired men. Just you know, let me serve. Let me do what, my part. And hopefully I'll get through. God's saying, yeah, I don't definitely not calling us to sin. But the reality is, is that when we sin, it doesn't quite disqualify us. And I think we disqualify ourselves a lot because we expect that we're supposed to just be slaves at that point. We're just we're we're lower. We're just put us in the put us in the slave quarters now because you know it's just I've, I've done too much or I've done this or I'm not worthy anymore. The Lord's calling us out of that. Um, go on. I think can't remember if I, I put anything. 
But, you know, you don't know the father's reaction. He's like, forget that. Put on the robe, the ring, kill the fatted calf. You know, you know that. The Lord, that's what the Lord wants to do with us. He wants to pour out his heart on us because that's what changes us. Um, and uh, So really believing that we need to get over those expectations when we sin that all of a sudden somehow our our, our uh, sonship and our relationship with the Father is done. It's it's a, it's a slave thing at that point. We got we got to let that go. Last one is, can cause us to settle for that which will get us by instead of that which will set us free. You remember the guy at the gate, beautiful. Remember that guy that he was he just, he, really he was um, I think he was paralyzed or what? Um, he, he didn't couldn't get up and go. So he, all he did, they stuck him by the gate beautiful, and he just begged for alms, you know, alms, you know, give me, give me money. And so Peter and John were going up the tent, uh, temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer, and a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate temple, which is called beautiful, in order to beg for alms for those who were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and he said, look at us. Look at us. And of course, then he said what? He began to give them his attention, and he did what? He expected to receive something from them. So he was expecting to receive something. But what was he expecting to receive? Just some alms. Has that gotten him anywhere in life? Is he still getting set down outside the gate every day to do the same thing every day to get through his life? And I felt like the Lord was just saying... Um, you know, sometimes we just expect the 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 natural, the mundane. I was even thinking as I had stopped last night and got my sweet tea, you know, things of the mundane, you know, to get us through life. You know, all of us have some of those little <laughs> things that we like to get to get us through the day. Um, but all of a sudden, he, he spoke, he says, I don't possess silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. What I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And I felt like that's what the Lord was saying. Get up and walk. Quit drinking the sweet tea, you know, every day. Don't, that's, not, that's not my life source. You know, that's not what's going to get me through the day. But God's saying, no, get up and walk. Get up and walk. Believe for those things. Expect those things. You know, all that guy knew to expect was some alms. But God's saying, no, I expect more than I expect Expect the things that are going to bring life to you. All right? So those are just some ex- bad expectations that I thought the Lord was just saying, no, we need to we need to release those. So the goal is so misplaced expectations, limited expectations, bad expectations. You see the power in those. I mean, they drive, they, they force and drive people in directions. And, and they do us. And I felt like the Lord was saying, so how well, what is the goal then? You know, where, how do I get good expectations? Because I want to expect God to work. I want to expect God to move and and, and minister in, in ways that are are just even unmeasurable. So how do I do that? Well, I just felt like you know, just really reiterating what Sharon really spoke. Um, really, just two things: allowing our expectations to be to rest in His character. Um, this is an interesting scripture in Philippians. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or truth, Christ is proclaimed. This is Paul. 
And in this I rejoice. Yes, now we're, no, Peter, sorry. No, Philippians, Paul. Um, yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers. Okay, is his expectation that, man, this gonna, my prayers are going to turn out for what? My deliverance. I know what those prayers are going to mean. And the provision of the Spirit of Christ Jesus. And then he makes a statement. According to what? My earnest expectation and hope. Expectation and hope are a lot. I mean, I could have spoken. You could really just take this and go all sorts of directions with it. But uh, just you can't do that on a Sunday morning. But that hope and expectation, they're very closely tied. Um, and and the reality is, is that when my, my hope has to be fixed on him, the expectation, when I expecting God to do something or walk in something, even like healing, uh, yeah, that's a hard one. You know, the politically correct is exactly correct because, I mean, that's, I mean I've heard them all too. I mean, that's a hard subject to weave your way through because it's personal. It's, it's affecting you. It's affecting people in your life that you love. And, and But we, I continue to believe, you know, the reality is, is when I'm believing for healing, whether that person gets healed or not, does never changes who God is. And I don't understand all the rest of it. I really don't. I wish I had some incredible answers to give you this morning about especially about healing. But I don't. But I, what I do know is that by his stripes, Sharon is healed. That's all I know. All right? And I'm going to continue to believe with her. And I'm going to continue to believe for her. But the reality is God is a healer. That's his name. It doesn't change. It's his character. That's what Paul was saying. My earnest expectation and hope is in God to deliver through your prayers, through your provision, and that I will not, and this is awesome, that I will not be put to shame in anything. That's awesome to believe. That's his expectation. But with all boldness, Christ, even now, being exalted in my body, for me to live is what? Christ. And to die is what? Gain. So, you know, really, at that point, everything else gets thrown out the window. I mean, in that perspective. But I don't... I really, you know, I love that perspective, but I still want people to be healed now and today. Um, that's what I'm expecting. Look, I love uh, Paul's statement in Second Timothy. For this reason, I suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know in whom I have what believed, and that whom I have expected to work, and whom I have trusted to work, and whom I have hoped to work. I know in whom I have believed, and I am what convinced. And I think that's the the level that takes us to the next level is being convinced. Like, I'm convinced that he's a healer. I, it doesn't matter if I see it or not. I'm convinced. And that's where I've got to get to in my spirit. I've got to get to it in my heart. I'm just convinced. I'm convinced. Yeah. Convinced that he's good. No matter what my circumstances look like, I am convinced that he's a healer. I'm convinced that he's this, he's that, that the Word says. That's where I've got to go. Allowing our expectations to be really convinced in Him and His character. And then the last one that Sharon hit a lot was just, it's just found in His Word. I just, she's, that's awesome. Just taking His Word and just confessing it over her body. That's, that's incredible. I love that. Isaiah 55, y'all have heard this scripture before. Heavens are higher than the earth. His ways are higher. Uh, his thoughts are higher. As the rain comes down, it does not. Return without watering earth and making it bare and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. This is awesome. So my word will not, it will not go forth from my mouth and it will not, sorry, it, 
my word, so will my word which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return empty. It won't return empty. The word stands. And that's where I, that's why I love when Sharon was just talking, just confessing even very specific things over her body, very specific ways, without accomplishing the desire of his heart and without succeeding in the matter which he sent it. So that, you know, those scriptures, they don't come back void. They are powerful. And so just kind of a, a word of encouragement to really, I want to challenge you in this area of expectation because I really believe in many ways that I don't even think about, it drives me, you know. Even just that simple, like, birthday, you know, it's something silly and something, but, man, what if I'd have been in position just to get rid of that expectation and love on my wife and encourage her and build her up? Wouldn't that have built me up? Wouldn't that have encouraged my day? Well, of course it would have. But I was locked into the expectation of my own my own life. And the Lord wants to begin to change that. And so I just want to... BJ's going to come and just play for a second. We've got to go. It's 10.23. But I, I just want to take a few minutes. And I just wanted just to, for you to respond. And um, in, in whatever way you want to do. Um, he's just going to play. And, and uh, I'm just going to give a call for some things. And if you want to come forward and the altar is clear if you want to come and stand we'll definitely pray for you uh tom and these guys are here and mark's here and so i just want to encourage you if one of those levels of expectation hits you this morning to don't go don't walk back out with that still in your in your in your heart in your life get some prayer for that 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 god's going to free that and god's going to heal that so can we just stand Well, Lord, I just thank you for today, God. I thank you for this, um, just your word that that does not come back void, God. Just your word that just is laced with testimonies, laced with um, stories, God, of your kingdom, of your presence, and, and and testimonies that where expectations have maybe been misplaced, or maybe they've just been limited, or maybe that we just maybe they just had bad expectations. Uh, I just pray right now, God, that God, we would be a, a, a people that our expectations are founded in your character, who you are. God, our expectations are found in your word of your truth. And God, wherever that might not have, uh, that might not be taking place at this present time, God, I pray right now in Jesus' name. You just walk with our hearts, deal with our hearts, Lord. And uh, I just felt like the Lord... Um, a couple of things that I had written down that that some of us maybe have been expecting um, corn when we've been planting beans. Um, we've been expecting that this to yield this incredible harvest of great corn when really we've been throwing bean seeds in the ground. And the Lord just wants to to encourage us to start taking up the corn seeds if we really want the corn to grow. We want the corn as a result. Um, just that area of sowing and reaping. Just really walking in that place of God. Just, just as Sharon was declaring that she just started sowing the Word of God into her life. Sometimes it took hours a day. But God, she was just determined that, that this thing is not going to overcome her. She's going to overcome it by the power of your Word, by the power of your testimony.
So that's one. And I think the other one that I remember that the Lord saying, uh, we're expecting God to give us get us out of circumstances instead of empowering us to overcome those circumstances. I think so many times we're just waiting to get out of the season, waiting to get out of this moment and this time. And God's saying, stand and get freedom today. Get Overcome that thing today. Don't expect to get out of it later. Don't expect um, this, that, and the other. Expect to get out of it by overcoming. So I just encourage you, if those things have hit you, um, uh, I just... I just want to encourage you to come and, and just get prayer for that. And, uh, and I'm just going to be, I'm just going to go ahead and close this out uh, with prayer. And I'm just going to be up here. And um, BJ is going to continue to play. And if you need prayer to this morning, I just encourage you not to walk out. Uh, not to not to just kind of breeze by it and say, well, you know, I, I'll, I'll deal with it later or whatever. But God, I... I just pray right now, God, as we close, God, that, that, God, our hearts would be quickened to deal with those things, God. We would not walk out this door, God, just walking with expectation that is not of you. And maybe some of us need to really just talk to somebody to say, is this a good expectation or not? Because this is what I am expecting, and I'm not sure if it's good. I'm not sure if it, maybe it's great, but I need to know. I need to walk with somebody. And, and, uh, and, and some of you, like I said, those two calls, maybe, maybe we've been sowing, sowing some seeds that we think that are going to grow some incredible harvest when we really need to be taking up some others. And some of us maybe are waiting to get out of circumstances instead of overcoming in those. So, Lord, just whatever the, the call is, God, I just ask in Jesus' name, you just do a mighty word. God, you would just show us, God, reveal to us. Um, so, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for just your worship. Thank you for this time of just fellowshipping with believers, God. And thank you for the testimony uh, that was shared, God, of your faithfulness, God, in, in even years and years and years of, of sickness. God, your faithfulness in that, God, just your walking with them. Continue to strengthen their family, God. Um, strengthen them. Protect them, God. Walk with them. Lord. God, thank you for that. You're, you're a God that wants to do that for us as a body. So, Lord, we thank you for this day. We bless you, God. You're so good. You're so faithful. So true. And we just confess your character. We confess that your word is true. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Well, I'm going to be up here. Um, time, these, some of these guys will stick around. I just encourage you, if you have something that you want to pray about, come find us. Or if you just want to kneel at the altar while BJ's playing, feel free to do that. And have an awesome week. <laughs>